Thank you for joining us today. We're excited you came across this message. The sermon you are about to watch is from our verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Mark. Up to this point in this series, we've seen the establishment of Jesus' identity as the Son of God and the beginning of his earthly ministry. We've studied his teaching as he has taught through parables, sermons, and daily life with his disciples. And we've seen his miraculous power over nature, sin, sickness, and spiritual darkness. Our entire study through the Gospel of Mark thus far is available in our feed. We'd love for you to join in. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to be the first to say welcome to Hope Church. Go ahead, open up the Hope Church LV app or visit us at hopechurchlv.com and click connect with us to fill out a short digital connection card. Once again, thanks for joining us today. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Hope Church family. How are we doing this morning? Amen. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Mark chapter 8. Want this Bible open in front of you, whether that's on your app or on your lap there physically. Mark chapter 8. If you're just joining us, we are studying, and we have for about a year and a half now, verse by verse through the story of Jesus in the Word of God, known as the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to be in there again in just a minute. But as you get ready to lean into the Word of God, I wonder if you'd agree with me that sports movies are all kind of similar in the way they're structured. Specifically, there's always a moment, no matter what sports movie you're talking about, whether it be We Are Marshall or Remember the Titans, if you wanna go back a little further, Rudy. These are all incredible movies, but they're all kind of the same in that there's gonna be a moment in the movie. And maybe if you've never noticed this, next time you're watching one of these movies, you're gonna notice there's gonna be a time where there is a problem. There's a conflict, a tension, the The team is down and out. They need some motivation. They need a speech. Lo and behold, the coach is gonna deliver that speech. And so the coach walks up to the scene and the music's nice and foreboding and low and the the coach starts to get his script and his speech and he starts to tell them, you guys can do this. He starts to tell them, believe in yourself. You have what it takes. And just the right time, all the music starts to swell. And by the time it's done, all the the, the team is in a circle, jumping up and down, just feeling like they could conquer the world. And you're feeling that. If you're watching the movie, you're like, I'm going to rush through this TV right now and, and bust on the scene because I am inspired. And they are all exactly the same. They don't need to be long, by the way. My favorite speech in a sports show, it's not a movie, actually. It's a show. It's from the show Friday Night Lights. The Dylan Panthers were always reminded, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, do yourself a favor and watch Friday Night Lights. There's motivational speeches that get inspiring and, and they do something to a team. So why do you bring that up as we jump into the Gospel of Mark? The reason is because there's another team of disciples that we've been following now for a year and a half. A team from 2,000 years ago and who are embarking on a new journey. They don't know it yet, but they're about to go into a real problem. We said it last week, Pastor Trenton taught us that the middle of the Gospel of Mark is a a shift in tone. Something happens in Mark chapter eight where Jesus is now turning his face towards Jerusalem. This rabbi that these disciples had followed, Jesus Christ, he is now turning his face to the place where he will die for the sin of the world. He is now heading towards the the culmination of his incarnation, death on a cross for the sin of the world. And we are finding ourselves right at the place before they step into all of that. So Jesus, if you have a moment, this is it. 
If there's a moment where your team needs some motivational inspiration, give them something. They're about to go through so many things that we'll read in the next few weeks and honestly, a couple years here at Hope. Give them something, Jesus. Inspire them with some powerful words. And we're gonna read how Jesus chooses to do that today in Mark chapter eight, verse 34. We're only studying one verse of scripture this morning. So pick me up, Mark chapter eight, verse 34. I want your eyes on the word of God. This is his word. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, this is Jesus, he said to them, here's the speech. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want you to always remember, this is not a fairy tale that we just read. This actually happened. Jesus, with disciples and a crowd, gathered them together, and he read and said the words that were recorded under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit forever in the word of God. If you want to be my Disciple. He says, if you want to come after me, the, the word come after in the Greek language is the same word as follow. He's saying, if you desire to be my disciple, if you desire to follow me, this is what it looks like. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow. It's a hard thing to hear. In fact, as you follow Jesus around, he says several things like this and when he says them, one of my favorite things to underline in the scriptures is when Jesus says things like this, the, the writers will say, the, the crowd said, this is a hard saying. I encourage you maybe underline that every time. What are they saying? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm having a hard time processing that. This is a, a hard saying. In fact, sometimes when he says that, it says that the people that were following him decided to follow him no further. Why? Because they could not hang with what he was saying. This is a hard saying. And I will just go ahead and say it on behalf of everybody in the room. What we just read is a hard saying. I want you to think about right now, how, how does this land on you when you read this verse? Specifically those those three highlighted sections. This is what following Jesus looked like. Our Savior himself said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. How, how does this land on you personally? Or maybe you would even be so bold to ask the question, how does this compare, if you're a follower of Jesus, to your current discipleship to Jesus? Is there a distance between what... Jesus said to be true and what's actually true of our lives. Jesus said this is what following him looks like. We're going to dive in and see what he has for us by his grace. We're going to do that by talk, tackling this big idea. We call it the sermon in a sentence. Jesus describes what following him looks like. This is tough right here. Total self-denial, complete submission, and exclusive allegiance to him. This is a hard saying. But we just read it. Jesus said, if you desire to follow him, then this is his way. Total self-denial, 
complete submission and exclusive allegiance to him. We're gonna see him break this down by looking at three requirements of being a disciple of Jesus. Three requirements. You say, why'd you say requirements? Because that's what he does in this verse. He says, these are the requirements. In the original language, these three things that I had highlighted that we're gonna unpack over the next 30 minutes or so are imperatives in the original language. What's an imperative? It's a command. It's a requirement. Three requirements being disciple of Jesus, and there's no wordsmithing to these. We just said exactly what the word of God said. Here's the first one, denying yourself. Denying yourself. This word for deny is a really strong word in the original language. It means to have no association with, to disown completely. We've been talking about the disciple named Peter the last few weeks. Many of you, if you're familiar with the story of Jesus, know the disciple named Peter. Well, many of you know, Peter has a a really bad mess up here in a few weeks in Jesus's life. Jesus is arrested. He's now being taken. He's gonna be taken to the cross. And people start to come up to Peter and say, don't you know this man? Weren't you running with this man? And we all know Peter says, no, I do not know him. He denies Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. He says, I don't know this man. I I have nothing to do with this man. There's no association with this person. And that word deny is the same word here that we are supposed to do to ourselves. To have no association with. In a sense, it's to relinquish all claims on your own life or to use a really old school word that has really good theology to renounce your life, to renounce your right to run your life. Some of you might need some help. What does the word renounce mean? It means to refuse to follow, obey, or recognize any further. Jesus just said, you wanna follow me? Refuse to recognize yourself as primary any further. try to illustrate it this way. One of the things I love about our church is our next-gen ministry, our ministry to birth through college. Aren't you thankful for a great next-gen ministry at Hope Church? I could use a little more passion than that, but it's fine. It's good. I love our next-gen ministry. You may not know this, but our next-gen ministry, they're not just babysitting over there. They are teaching kids and students what it looks like to live the life of Jesus' Father. I'm very grateful for that. But did you know they're also actually teaching our kids and students to renounce their old selves and trust Christ? You say, they say that? Not exactly. Here's how they say it. I love how they say it. When they lead kids and students to trust Jesus and start following him, they ask them the question, do you want to make Jesus the boss of your life? I love that language. What is that? That's renouncing your own right to rule your life, and it's making Jesus the boss of your life. I was struck this week then I need to be reminded, church, and maybe you do too, that that's just not a cute little thing for my kids. (laughs) I constantly need to be reminded I'm not the boss of my own life. If I have said I wanna follow Jesus, that means renouncing that I run my life and making him the boss of my life. You see, the problem is in my self-sufficient, self-made, sinful heart, I I like to think the opposite sometimes. I'm, I'm my own ruler I'm my own person. I'm doing my own thing. I find myself agreeing with a 19th century poet named William Ernest Henley. 
Now, you may have never heard of William Ernest Henley, but you may have heard of a pretty famous poem he wrote called Invictus, a Latin word that means unconquerable or undefeated. I bet some of you would recognize the last two lines of this poem. It's two lines that I find myself feeling sometimes. Here's what William Ernest Henley said. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. See, if I'm not careful in my self-sufficient, sinful heart, I start to feel like I'm the captain of my own soul. In this verse, Jesus just said, to deny yourself is to say, no, Scott, no follower of Jesus, you are not the captain of your own soul. Let's see this in a statement. Jesus' call to self-denial is an intentional disowning of myself as ruler of my own life. An intentional disowning of myself as the ruler of my own life. Listen, church, I know this is a hard saying. I'm not up here trying to front act like this is easy. It's hard. It's specifically hard in 2023 because it's completely opposite of the air we breathe every day. Right? We're like swimming in this world that basically tells us 24-7, you're awesome. And everything in your life should continue to tell you that you're awesome. Think about every marketing campaign. For me, I don't know, I feel like ads have just like taken, like they've turned up the volume on ads like to 10. It's like now I wanna go online to see if I could fix something in my house. But first on YouTube, I gotta watch 27 ads first, right? And they're all the same thing. You need this to make your life better because you're the most important thing in the universe. All the ads on Instagram, you need this product because it will help you and your little self-sovereignty feel a little bit better about the mini king or the mini queen that you are. So buy our products. Think about it. Even, even hamburger commercials. There's a favorite hamburger commercial in my family and our household. It's the Burger King commercial. You guys know what that jingle, it just gets stuck in your head. At BK, have it your way. And it has an end. You rule. You know what happens? I'm sitting on my couch going, yeah, I do rule. That's right, Burger King, tell me what I wanna hear. We're laughing, but it's everything we see and hear 24 hours a day. You're the center of your universe. So maybe you're like, forget the, forget the burgers, you're just trying to go buy some shampoo and conditioner and you make sure you buy the L'Oreal version. Why? Because you're worth it, right? Some of you are going to get that later when you see the commercials. Like, ah, there it is. (laughs) Listen, we're having a lot of fun with this. But in the Netflix, everything's on demand. Amazon Prime, get something in four hours. Everything exists to meet your need. Everything exists to make you feel superior and supreme in your own life. And into that mess, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Renounce your authority and self-sufficiency to run your own life. This is a death blow to everything that my sinful heart desires for me. Church, we wanna remind you, every time we gather, we're not just trying to gather just to read the word of God. Sometimes we need to let the word of God read us. We just wanna dispense information. We wanna be about what he desires to do in transformation. So let's, let's ask the hard questions. As you sit here today, if you're a follower of Jesus, would you say you are the ruler of your own life or Jesus is the ruler of your own life? 
Maybe asking yourself is a little too hard because we like to lie to ourselves a lot. And so maybe think about if you ask the kids in your family, who's primary for mom and dad? Is it mom and dad or is it the God who made mom and dad? These are hard things to wrestle, but I believe it's good for us to wrestle because that's how the Lord begins to change us. See, the people in the crowd that day, this would have been a hard saying. For the people in the crowd this day, this is a hard saying. Jesus is saying, deny yourself. But he doesn't stop there. We wish he did. (laughs) But here's a second requirement for being a disciple of Jesus. Taking up your cross. The cross. This is such a interesting dynamic we find ourselves in in 2023 because we're now 2,000 plus years removed from Jesus dying on the cross, which is a beautiful thing. The only reason we just prayed about it, the only reason we have life is because he died in our place for our sin and rose again three days later. We look at the cross as a sentimental reminder of the gospel, as we should. But let me tell you, that's not how these people were hearing this. (laughs) See, some of you might not know about history. The cross was not just one time, one thing Jesus did. The cross was a Roman execution tool. It was the equivalent of the electric chair for the Roman Empire. And before Jesus died on the cross, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of criminals that were deemed guilty were publicly shamed and put on a cross for everybody to see. Nails driven through their hands and feet The only way they stayed alive is by propping themselves up for hours. Because if they got weaker, if they got too weak to hold themselves up, they would finally begin to sink down and they would die from asphyxiation hours after being placed naked on the cross for all to see. See, the Romans would sometimes get impatient or maybe just evil and angry and they'd break their legs so that they would fall immediately and could no longer push themselves up and they would die almost immediately from suffocation. That's the cross. So Jesus says to these people, take up your cross. See, for us, even that language falls a little bit on deaf ears because we look at the cross very differently. And if we're honest, even we've heard this phrase, taking up your cross or bearing your cross, and we've kind of said it about trivial matters in our everyday life. And it falls woefully short of what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross. So it's a 1030 service. Let's have some fun with this. Some of us have heard this idea of bearing our cross and they'd say things like, man, I had to, I had to draw the short end of the stick and I had to buy coffee. I had to do the coffee run for my whole office this week. I'm just out here bearing my cross, man. <laughs> I mean, right, we've heard this. I, 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 I took some time off social media. I was a little distracted. So I, I won't know what's going on in my friends' lives. I'm just bearing my cross. I'm gonna just disappear for a month or so. <laughs> I'm just bearing my cross. I gotta lead that meeting and I don't wanna lead that. It's just my cross to bear. Well, we've heard stuff like this, but it needs to be said as we study this passage, church, that is not what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross. We need this to be heard. Your cross is not a bad day. Taking up your cross is not an irritant or an annoying thing. And hear my heart on this. It's not even something terribly sad and hard like a cancer diagnosis or struggling financially. Listen, these are all tragic circumstances of a broken and fallen world. That is not taking up our cross. Here's a way to say it. Taking up your cross is not enduring things in life. Taking up your cross is entering into a way of living. 
That's how these people would have heard this. To first century Roman ears, the cross was a terrible way of living. They knew what they were getting into when Jesus said, take up your cross. Just to make sure we're all on the same page, I wanna give you a few words that describe the cross and the way of the cross. Here's the first one, opposition. If you got crucified, if you were on a cross, you were in opposition to the Roman government. Period, end of story. But it's not just opposition, it's shame. We already mentioned this was an execution meant to shame people, put naked in front of the whole town for hours and hours and hours, which leads to the third word, suffering. This was not a quick thing. They intentionally designed this way of killing to bring suffering. But it did always lead to the fourth word, death. They wanted to just to make people suffer. They had other means to do that. This was not that. The cross was always meant to kill. This, this is what Jesus stands up and says, does anybody wanna follow me? Deny yourself, take up your cross. Listen, this is a hard saying. He's saying to followers of Jesus, you need to be willing to enter into a way of living that brings some form of opposition, some form of shame, some form of suffering, some form of death. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people in this room and I'm feeling the tension. It's what I felt all week as I'm studying this. So I'll just be the one to say it because I'm the one with the microphone on my face. I don't like that. I'll say it. You're thinking it. I'll say it. I don't like that, Jesus. I want to follow you, but whoa. <laughs> Let me put some words on that I'd rather. I don't want opposition. I want approval. Sign me up for some approval. <laughs> I love the Roman government to love me. I'd love all my coworkers to love me. I'd love my family to never give me a hard time for following Jesus. I'd love some approval. How about, I don't want shame. I want honor. <laughs> you talking about getting a lot of people to follow Jesus, give him some approval and some honor, not suffering, comfort. Now we're talking. Don't give me death. I want life. See, if we had to craft what it looked like to follow Jesus, that's what we would say. And yet here, Jesus says the exact opposite. It's no wonder he said first, deny yourself. Why? Because if he didn't say deny yourself, I'm not taking up that cross. But when we renounce my authority and self-sufficiency to rule my own life, then I'm even at a place where I can trust him to take up a cross and a way of living that might lead to opposition and shame and suffering and maybe even some form of death. And here's the deal, church. It's not just one time we take up our cross. It's a way of living. In the gospel of Luke chapter nine, the way the gospel writer Luke records this, the same story, look at it in verse 23, then he said to them all, this is the same scene, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. What's that word? Yikes. That's why I said a way of living. It's a daily dying to self. If the cross was always meant to kill, what's being killed in me? My own self-sufficiency, my own desires, my own rights. I'm taking up my cross. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he's a German pastor in the middle of Nazi Germany. If you don't know much about him, I encourage you to read his book, Cost of Discipleship. Incredible story about this man who was a follower of Jesus in Nazi Germany. He says this very, very succinctly. When Christ calls a man 
he bids him come and die. And so that's an interesting evangelism strategy. <laughs> I don't get that one. And yet that seems to be exactly what our Savior does in these verses, in this verse. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow. Again, I want you to feel the tension here right now. I love it. Imagine yourself in the crowd. Jesus said, if you desire to follow me, and everyone's like, oh, this is it. Let's lean in. He's about to give us the secret. He's about to give us the key. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow. Imagine the people that day, probably like the people right here. They're going, huh. <laughs> Did I, am I too far? Like, we didn't have microphones back then. Am I too far? Did Jesus just say cross, the Roman execution tool, a thing that's shameful and suffering, because if we're honest, just like those people probably were, we don't want that. In fact, Jesus, I, I, I'm okay with you in my life unless it gets too hard. I'm out. I mean, this is a safe place. Let's be honest. Some of us have said this. Okay, Jesus, I'm in. I'll follow you as long as it doesn't start messing with my family dynamic. Then that's going to get too hard for me. I'm out. Okay, I'm in, Jesus. I'll serve you unless... You start messing with my career path or my kid's sports career or whatever it might be and then it's too much for me. It sounded a little too radical. I'm out. Or Jesus, I want you in my life as long as you're okay with how, me, how I want to live my life. Because if we're honest, we all in our flesh want to live my life my way. Right? Think about it. This is just an illustration, but this is your life. And we understand because of sin, this is tainted with a whole bunch of stuff. But here's me, my life, my way, and my money's in here, my, my, my school's in here, my family's in here, my dreams, my career. Everything in your life is in here. And you're at church at 1030 on a Sunday, so I would be willing to bet most of the people in this room are going, here's my life, and I want a Jesus a part of this. I want Jesus to be here in here. So Jesus, come in my box. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, I, I want you to be a part of my life. Go, go ahead and find yourself some room in my box that is my life. And here's what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, I'm not about to get myself in this box. In fact, when Jesus seems to call disciples, he has no interest in getting in our box. So what is it? It's not my life, my way with a little bit of Jesus. It's my life, his way. And I say, take the box. We're clapping, but we're clapping a little scared. I get it. <laughs> this is the call of discipleship, church, out of Mark chapter 8, verse 34. It's not my life, my way. However, I want to do it with Jesus as a part of it. It's God, take the box. Everything is you. My life is yours. I heard a pastor this week on a podcast, a pastor in Texas say, Jesus has no desire to be number one on your priority list. That's how a lot of us, yeah, we got God, family, business, whatever it be. He has no desire to be number one on your priority list. He desires to be the piece of paper that you write your priority list on. He is your life. So you give him everything. You die to yourself. You deny your ways and you follow him. This is what we see him calling us to in this moment. All of my life for you. All of my life, your way. Deny yourself, take up your cross. And there's one more command here, another requirement, following Jesus. 
Take up your cross, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. The word follow here is the same word in John chapter 10, verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Same word. It's kind of lost on Las Vegas ears. I don't know much about this either. I grew up here, but if you go find yourself some sheep, I don't know where you do that, but go find yourself some sheep. They're gonna be, follow, they're gonna be leading, they're gonna be following one shepherd who is leading them. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. They're not going to every other shepherd who have voices. They're going to their shepherd. Why do we say complete allegiance? Why do we say exclusive allegiance? Because the shepherd follow one voice. That's how we follow. This is the call of discipleship, and it is a hard saying, Hope Church. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, if you're feeling what I felt all week, and we were just honest with ourselves, we just heard what discipleship to Jesus looks like from the mouth of Jesus, and then there's my discipleship to Jesus. <laughs> and I'm seeing the gap that exists between what he calls us to and what I'm living. Maybe you. Because if we're gonna be gut level honest, we don't wanna die to ourselves. I don't wanna carry a cross and enter into that way of living. I, I wanna be kind of, kind of, allegi uh, 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 I wanna have my allegiance kind of to Jesus, but not full-time allegiance. Not full time following whatever he says. We want a version, hear this because I know it too. We want a version of Christianity that will let us continue as little self-sovereigns that sprinkle a little Jesus here and there like some seasoning on a steak. And we find a pastor or, or, or a friend or a mentor to be our chaplain or our cheerleader to just encourage us in our little version of Christianity. And when we hear stuff like this, we go, whoa, that's too radical. <laughs> That must be for the radical follower of Jesus. Well, Jesus just said, that's not for the radical follower of Jesus. That's for the follower of Jesus. And that's hard. Why? Because it doesn't fit in our box. And maybe for some of you, by his grace today, he's blowing up your box. There's a pastor named David Platt. He wrote a book several years ago speaking about this idea and I read this quote this week, and it stung me in a good way. And maybe by God's grace, it would sting you in a good way. Here's what David Platt says. We Americans, American Christians, have a way of taking the Jesus of the Bible and twisting him into a version of Jesus that we are more comfortable with. A nice, middle-class American Jesus. A Jesus who doesn't mind materialism and would never call us to give away what we have. A Jesus who is fine with nominal devotion that does not infringe on our comforts. A Jesus who wants to be balanced, who wants, to us, wants us to avoid dangerous extremes, and who for that matter wants us to avoid danger altogether. A Jesus who brings comfort and prosperity to us as we live out our Christian spin on the American dream. What Jesus described as normal discipleship has become radical discipleship in 2023. So as we study the book, we have to, to listen to the book. Jesus just said it. This is what following him looks like. Give us a biblical reality as we round third. Denial of my will and death to my way isn't something Jesus said was optional. He said it was essential in being his disciple. 
I've looked now for three services. There's not an asterisk after the, verse 34 in my Bible with a thing at the bottom that says, unless it gets too hard in this day and age. Let's be honest, we wish it did. Because <laughs> this is a hard saying. And maybe some of you are like, okay, Scott, stop the bleeding, we get it. It sounds impossible. Let's just call it what it is. Think about your life, your family, your, your career, whatever it might be. You're thinking, man, this, I'm not sure I'm glad I came to church today. <laughs> this is hard. In fact, it's not just hard, it's impossible. And to that, I would remind you, that's actually very good for you that it's impossible. Because what it does is it continues to show you you can't do things self-sufficiently by your own bootstraps. In fact, that's what God constantly wants to remind you of. Why? Because you need him to do what only he can do. So if you're feeling like this is impossible, don't run from that, press into that because that's exactly what he wants you to feel. Why? So you'll run to him. Because that's what the whole New Testament is about. After Jesus said these things, he dies on the cross, he's resurrected, he puts his spirit in believers that now spread the gospel all over the place. The New Testament is being written now. That's the word of God for us. And all throughout it, what do we see? We see self-denying, cross-bearing followers of Jesus showing us you can't do this by your own power. It's by the power of the Spirit in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, listen, when you gave your life, all of your life to Christ and his way, he gave you in turn his Spirit. And that's a good place to say amen because when he gave you his Spirit, he gave you everything you needed to actually live this stuff out. There's so many verses all over Scripture that talk about what this looks like, but my favorite is in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I think it says it so well. I loved it so much. When I first started following Jesus around 18 years old, I got it tattooed on my wrist so I would never forget it. Paul the Apostle writes to Galatians and to us, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me by his spirit. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is what the self-denying, cross-bearing, discipleship to Jesus looks like only by the power of the spirit in us can you and I do what only he can do. That's what verse 34 is asking us to do. Not out of your own strength, not try to figure it out, trust him, be dependent on him and his spirit in you. And that's the only way you can truly renounce your self-sufficiency and take up a way of living that, that might bring shame and, and opposition and death and follow Christ. You can only do that by the power of the Spirit in you. So how do we do this practically? I wanna end by hopefully putting it on the bottom shelf because I don't know about you, but as I daily deny myself, something crazy happens every night when I wake up, every, every night I go to sleep, every morning I wake back up and guess what? The box is back. <laughs> Am I the only one? It's like, how? How does that, why? Because I have a sinful heart and dwelling sin still happens. Every time I'm going to deny, it's continuing to bring back. And every single morning I wake up and this junk is still right back here. So I have to daily, by his spirit in me, die to myself, deny my own sufficiency and say, not my way. So how, how do we do it? How do we do it? Three quick ways I think we can do this by the power of the spirit. Hopefully they're practical for you. Number one, deny what's natural. What's natural in my self-sufficient, sinful heart is what I want. Deny that. That's that denying yourself. Number two, do what's unnatural. Take up your cross. That is unnatural. <laughs> Number three, trust the Lord. That's following Jesus. Deny what is natural. Do what's unnatural. 
and trust the Lord. You say, okay, I'm kind of getting it. Give me some real life examples. Give me some real life examples. When I wake up in the morning, maybe for you, tomorrow morning when you wake up, how you do this is you don't pick up your phone first thing in the morning to check social media or sports scores or news. That's natural. Immediately your flesh wants what you want. So you deny what is natural and you do what is unnatural. You get yourself in the word of God. Listen, this one's really important because the only way we actually become the kind of people that wanna even do this is by his power and his presence and spending time in an abiding relationship with him. So if you're sick of hearing you need to get in the word of God at Hope Church, might not be the church for you. <laughs> We're gonna tell you over and over and over again, get your face in this book because in it you become the kind of person that can deny yourself and take up your cross and follow. So you deny what is natural, you do what is unnatural, and you trust the Lord, you follow Jesus. Another example, I say no to the temptation to be the ruler of my life and the problem solver of all my problems, my marriage and my kids and my work situation. That is natural for me to step up and act like I can do something about it. I deny that. And in God dependence, I do what is unnatural. And I get my face on the ground and say, God, I can't, but you can. And in an act of God dependence, I ask him to do what only he can do through my life. And I trust the Lord. Another one, I say no to self-isolation. That's natural. Come on, especially for us men. I don't want anybody to really know me. <laughs> so I say no to that because that's natural. And I do what is very unnatural. I get out of my comfort zone and I get some guys around me that we talk about more than just who won the game last night. And we get some guys that actually know the real me because that's how I grow in community. And I trust the Lord. See how this is working? This is how it works. This is self-denial and cross-bearing and trusting and following Jesus in real life. Most importantly, if you've never done it, I surrender my whole life to Jesus. I say no to being the boss of my own life. That's natural. And I do what is unnatural, which is say all of me to all of you. You've done everything necessary to save me. And so I say yes to a relationship with you. And you trust the Lord and you begin following Jesus. This is what the call of discipleship looks like for us, church. And I want to end this really heavy message with some really, really, really good news. See, Jesus, the one who gave us this call of discipleship, he did not just give us a call he himself did not answer. Jesus lived what he just told us is possible. I wanna show, show you in Philippians chapter two, we read about it. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not account equality God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What is this? The humble, self-denying, literal cross-bearing, following the perfect plan of God's Savior that we are all here to worship. He didn't just tell us to do something he didn't himself do. Now Jesus is saying, if you wanna follow me, Christ in you, this is what it looks like. Self-denial, carrying your cross, following him. A short time after these verse, this, this happened in Mark chapter eight, Jesus would do exactly what Philippians two said. He would die. Take on that brutal cross. Three days later, rise again. And he would appear to his disciples just as he said he would. We know from scripture there was about 120 of them. 
you gotta know about this 120 people. These were not the most educated, seminary trained leaders. These are not the people you choose to start a revolution. And yet they counted the cost. They denied themselves. They took up their cross, most of them literally, by the way. We know so many followers of Jesus in those early days that literally were killed for their allegiance to Christ. It was like a seed that went in the ground bore incredible fruit because what God did through those disciples, even the ones that lost their lives, is the reason you and I are even in this room today. The cost of discipleship is worth it. It's like even things that look terrible in God's economy, he uses those things, those seeds that go, go down into the dirt to bear incredible fruit. See, so let's go back to where we started. Jesus didn't need to give these guys a motivational speech that day. How they could just believe in themselves and do it because they couldn't. He told them what they needed to hear. You need to die to yourself. And what I can do with people that deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me, the world will never know what God can do. That's the call of discipleship here, church, and that's the call of discipleship today. As we close, I wanna, I wanna sing a song that is an incredible song about what it looks like to follow Jesus, but there's an, a really great story behind the song that I wanna tell you real quick. Story goes, about 150 years ago, some British missionaries went to the northeastern part of the country of India. And they went to this people group that were known as savage headhunters. This was no safe place to be for missionaries. But by God's grace, they went in there and they got to win a, a man and his wife and their two kids to Christ, the first converts in this village. And the people in this village, these four people that just begun to follow Jesus, they, they started telling all of their villagers about Jesus. Now they're following him now. And, the chief of the village got very, very angry. Story goes, he took these four people, this man, this wife, these two kids, and threw them in the middle of the village on a public day. And he said to them, stop following Jesus. Somebody recorded that man's response straight to that chief's face. He says, I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back angry, filled with rage, that chief took this man and wife's kids and in front of the whole assembly, he killed these children. He said, now you will stop following Jesus. With tears in his eyes, this man looked at the chief and said, the cross before me, the world behind me, I will follow Jesus. Couldn't believe his ears, filled with rage, he grabs this man's wife and kills this man's wife right in front of her. And he said, are you still clinging to this Jesus? And the man, I'm sure heartbroken, but resolute, said, though none go with me, still I will follow. And maybe before he got those words out, the chief killed this man. Many people hear that story and think, what a tragedy. Is it worth it? Well, the story goes, after the whole village saw that happen, many started to ask questions about this Jesus that these people were following. And over time, the entire village came to know Jesus Christ as Savior. In fact, the chief was one of the last people that said, I believe that this Jesus is who he says he is. And even the chief began to follow Jesus. What is this? This is the seed of discipleship going down into the ground and looking worthless, but then growing up and bearing fruit that only God can bear. This is the call of discipleship. So as we respond, I don't know how 
God may be leading you to respond, but I'll give you a couple things I think he might be doing. I think there are some people here today that have never trusted Jesus as their savior. You never repented of your sin and placed your faith in Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What is stopping you today from giving him your life? I promise you there is nothing you're searching for that will give you the life he's called you to. Even though there may be times where it hurts like we talked about today, it's still the greatest investment of a life ever because it's the way he designed it. So if you're not a follower of Jesus today, what's stopping you from saying yes to a relationship with Jesus? We're gonna have pastors up here in just a moment. We'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to follow Jesus, to, to have a relationship, a friendship with God. But I know many of you are followers of Jesus and maybe you like me, as I studied this week, I felt all the ways in my life where I'm constantly trying to take my life back to live my way. So if you're feeling that today, you already know some things that you've tried to take control of in your life, you've tried to manage, you've tried to be the boss of that part of your life. I wanna put this down here just as a symbol. Maybe just like many have in both the other services. I wanna challenge you, if you're feeling that, there's nothing special about these stairs, but maybe you would just turn them into an altar today. You would just come and you would lay that before the Lord in prayer and say, God, I don't want this anymore. This isn't mine, this is yours. I keep trying to take it, but I want all of my life lived your way. So maybe that'll be a challenge for you as we stand to sing this powerful song about what it looks like to truly follow Jesus. You would respond as a follower of Jesus to say, I don't wanna be the boss in this area. I surrender this area or this relationship or this thing. Only you know what that is, but it could be a powerful way for you to say yes to what he's calling you to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow. So Jesus, thank you for your word. However you wanna move and work right now, we say yes. For people who don't know Jesus, Lord, would we, show, we be able to show people what it looks like to follow Jesus? For those who are already your followers and have taken control of some things in their life, Lord, if they would be so bold as to use this altar as a way to say, not my will, but yours be done. Whatever you want to do in this moment, we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together today.